Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Once again, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Scott Munro. Scott, good evening. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, James. Back oh. at work this week after a week off. But yeah. What should I say? Buenas sera. <laughs> Buenas sera. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Uh, ciao, d'angolo. Uh, that's, that's how far my Italian goes at the moment. <laughs> okay, at the, mo- at the moment. But you, at never the know moment. Gonna, you never know what the future's going to bring if you've got the official account of Roma following you have and they're not doing it for nothing, are they? Oh, of course, and uh, the Duolingo app, which uh, is keeping me company at the moment. Okay, very good, very good. And, um, yeah, we're going to start tonight by giving our um, our opinion to the Champions League draw that was made last Friday in Neon in Switzerland. And um, are there any particular ties that have caught your eye or imagination in that respect? Um, it's obviously uh, the, the tie that has caught my eyes. I actually Juventus. Indeed, indeed. A rerun of is it the '96 Champions League final? Yes, which was also took which also took place in the city you know very well. In that yeah, time. yeah, Stadi Olimpico played host to the final that year. Yeah, and Ajax having won it the year before, but um, yeah, I think they know that they're facing the strongest outfit. You know, because some a lot of Ajax fans were saying, "Oh, if we could play an English team and, and things like that," but. Are you a fan of the semi-final being draw, semi-final draw being made afterwards? Yes, because you know I, who, because you know who you're going to get in the next round. Yeah, I'm not so sure, really. I like, I like it to be all kind of suspense and stuff like that. But um, I think the difference in this tie, Scott, will be the fact that Allegri's tactical ability will he will show his hand, whereas Solari couldn't really do that because he doesn't really have to tactical now that Allegri has and I think this is what will get Juventus over the line I think it will be a draw in Amsterdam and I think that uh, Juventus will win in Turin so um, it should be very interesting but then I think I think um, I think this is Juve's year really yeah we and, both um, we both said whoever would win at the Atletico Juventus tie would win the Champions League we were both horribly wrong of who would win it because we both said Atletico could keep out Juventus at the Allianz Arena last week. Indeed, and we were so wrong. I don't know <laughs> if it's something in my tea, I don't know what's going on, but I, maybe I have a, t- a too high a, um, threshold of Griezmann and, uh, and Gordine and Simeone to see past the rest. Maybe I'm a little bit blind, but uh, very, very well done to Juventus. And um, yeah, I, I saw a tweet come by that if I think it was from... Uh, uh, I think it was from Matt who was um, used to be on the Man on the Post network where he said that if um, if uh, Ronaldo wins the Champions League with Juventus a year after Buffon leaving, then it would be the ultimate example of, uh, of to coin a phrase from Mr. Etchingham, shit Yeah, ultimate shit and also the way 
PSG went out in the same in the same round this season. Indeed, indeed, and um, yeah, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. First leg is scheduled for um, for uh, here in Amsterdam. I think it's on the tenth of April. Yeah, and then the sixteenth on in Turin. Yeah, it should be very interesting indeed. I will um, I will miss the home match. Uh, because I should be all being well, should be flying back to London for Arsenal Napoli, but we can talk about that a little bit later. Oh, nice. Um, my um, the tide also caught, excuse me, that caught my eye was um, was Liverpool Porto. Um, I think there's something about this Porto side under the guidance of uh, Sergio Conceição, where especially with the second leg being in Porto. And um, I can understand the uh, the people deplored it, giving Liverpool the plaudits to win in Munich because it's no easy task. I would like to point out that Arsenal did it in 2013. You know, it's not it's no biggie. But uh, but um, yeah, I just think with the second leg being in Porto in the Dragao, I think that this this is not done and dusted by a long chalk. As we know, Liverpool lost in Belgrade, lost in Naples, lost in Paris, and yes, they've won in Munich, but. I mean, Porto is a very difficult place to go, especially for a second leg. So I don't think that tie is completely clear cut. But um, I think that's kind of like a. Um, I think there could could well spring a surprise there in Liverpool Porto. What do you think? They could do, but um, we they also played each other at the last 16 stage last season, and then Liverpool blew them away in the first leg. And then we'll come to be through before the second leg even kicked off. Um, but I could see a bit of a surprise, but I could also see Liverpool going through just the way that Champions League nights at Anfield are very special and they've been very special under Klopp in recent seasons. Like you got the Manchester City game last season, the Roma game last season, and then you had the PSG and the Napoli games this season. There's always something a bit special with uh, Champions League nights at Anfield and I think it will continue. Yeah, it should be very interesting. I don't know if it's just me, but I know Liverpool are fighting on two fronts, but should they not win anything? They haven't won anything for eight years. Yeah, and, probably and, and be a failure. And considering Arsenal, Arsenal were vilified when we didn't win anything for nine years, and it's as if everybody's frightened to talk about Liverpool. So it's as if it's as if it's as if, it's as if people are frightened of upsetting them. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a bit of a failure if they fell on both fronts at the final hurdle. So if City takes it away in the um, in the Premier League, and then maybe if they get knocked out in the semi-finals, yeah, you who knows. Yeah, who knows? And then we've got an all-Premier League tie between Tottenham and Manchester City. They play each other three times in 12 days. Yeah, goodness. That's a bit, a bit, that'll be a bit of who's your neighbour and uh, know you well, wouldn't it? Yeah, is the... Um, is I gather the first leg, will that definitely be played at the new uh, Tottenham Stadium? Uh, as far as I'm aware, yes, because their opening match in that stadium will be at home to Crystal Palace. Yeah, week. the week previously... Which, mm. which is very good news for Spurs because that's been going on for a good six to eight months this, uh, this season that they they want to get that stadium opened and it, that should be interesting. Yeah, it should be. And and, and to finally cap off our uh, quarter-final round-up, it's Manchester United against Barcelona. Yeah, it's 1999 all over. Uh, the 
Uh, not the yeah. Sorry, I, the group, the group phase part. The group phase part of nineteen ninety eight, ninety nine season. Yeah. Mm. Um, going off. Oh, I think going on this messy at the weekend was just unplayable, and I just think some Man United fans are looking, going, oh, oh crap, we've got to play them when he's in this peak form. That's going to be a, a very fun tie. I think that defence against that United defence of Smalling, Lindelof, Young, and Shaw against that front three of. Messi, Suarez and Coutinho could be very intriguing to watch because I watched the second leg of the Barcelona-Leon game and mm. Leon were very good for like the second half, probably the first 20-25 minutes and there could have mm-hmm. been a game on but then Messi just went, no, 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 I'm just turning the game on its head and got two assists and a goal in 12 minutes. Goodness. Uh, what's your prediction for the semi-final lineup of the Champions League, Scott? Um, so uh, the four teams I think will go through are Juventus, Liverpool, Barcelona and oh god that Tottenham Man City tie is going to be very horrible to pick I see Man City going through on penalties on penalties that's, the, that's an interesting yeah, prediction yeah I think I think both teams are very well equipped I think that will go, I think that tie will go the distance interesting I will go for a semi-final lineup of Juventus against um, Manchester City and I will go for uh, Porto against Barcelona Oh, you're throwing a wrench in there yeah I've, the reason being is because there's always if you go back into history um, and I'll come on to it more in the Europa League as well go back into history there is always one team that reaches the semi-final of the Champions League which nobody expects Roma last season last season yeah Leon, many years Leon many years ago, Roma, BLAL, Arsenal, these types of things. And I just think that Contessao, that there's something <coughs> about him. And if the second leg was at Anfield, I would say I think Liverpool will go through. But I just think in the way these tournament works, in the way that the atmosphere they can conjure up at Dragao, I just think there's always one team that kind of gets through that you never expect and I think in this year's lineup I think that's going to be Porto. Okay. And then yeah. I, I think I think all signs point to like a a Juventus Barcelona Bar- final. Final, yeah. But it will be completely different to um to two thousand and fifteen. And I, I just hope that if that is the final but it doesn't become a Messi against Ronaldo because they they both got ten teammates around them. And without those ten teammates, none of those teams, either of those teams, wouldn't be in a final. So I just hope that if that is the case, I don't want, I don't want it to become like a Messi Ronaldo uh, kind of sideshow, you know. But you know it will. You know it will, but yeah, you just have to take things as you find them, really, and um, be interesting to see. Lots of uh, football still to be played, and we should just have to wait and see who's going to line up in the Wonder Metropolitano in the first of June. We're now going to move on to the Europa League, Scott. And um, our prediction was right, so I think we have to ring the bell quite loudly, <laughs> say that we know our stuff, and that uh, we said that uh, Frankfurt would knock into out, and uh, we were both correct. Yeah, it could have been a lot more. I caught managed to catch the last um, 20 to 25 minutes of the second leg in the San Siro, and if it wasn't for Samir Handanovic... Eintracht Frankfurt could have won the tie 3-0 or 3-0 on the night and 3-0 on aggregate because they were so good on the counter-attack. They just mm. soaked up all the pressure that Inter Milan chucked at them. That was a, a very poor Inter side, which evidently, just a couple of days later, 
managed to win the Milan derby 3-2. Which was a very, very good game and a, a must-watch. That was probably one of the best derby games, Milan derby games I've seen for a while. Um, yeah, just very impressive with Inter, uh, with, with Inter that day, but not on Thursday. They were very, very poor. Um, it was a very young, inexperienced side. They had a, a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old come off the bench, and they even stuck um, Andrea Ranocchio up front for like the last 15 minutes. And he's up a, front? Yeah, he's a central defender, and he's he stuck him up. Defender. I was, was yeah. going to say, yeah, I know Spalletti's trying to cling on to his job by his fingertips, but uh, goodness. Yeah, he went the old League 1, League 2 championship route. If you're, you're a bit behind... Stick, stick, stick your uh, your tall centre half up front and just knock long balls to him. But that didn't work. Eintracht Frankfurt just soaked up all the pressure. Tried to feed the balls to Luka Jovic um, and Rebic and Co. And then hit them on the counter and they did it so well. And it's just Handanovic was the saviour. Mm. He, he, um, he, he kept I, it to 1-0, sorry, yeah. But yeah, the Luka Jovic goal was just fantastic. Well, I'm going to stick my neck out here and I'm going to, I'm going to predict Frankfurt will reach the final. Bold, very bold. That's not, yeah. that's the, not the, a bad show. The reason being, Scott, is because I've what I've monitored them since the group phase, and they didn't just partake in a group with Lazio and Marseille. They absolutely blitzed it both yeah. home and away. Is and it six to, out of six? Uh, I, I believe it was. And um, as well, to win in Marseille is not easy. To win in Rome is not easy. And obviously, you know, to go to uh, to Milan and also win, there's a real team ethic about that side. And obviously with the draw, we'll come on to that in a minute, there's always, specifically in the Europa League, there's always a team that reaches the final, which nobody expects. Always. I mean, Ajax two years ago, you can make a case for Marseille last year. Dnipro when they uh, got beat by Sevilla when the final was in Warsaw. When they existed and, uh, as well because they're no longer yeah. a club. Yeah, we well, just go to show how quickly things can change. Espanyol as well in 2007. There's always there's always a team that you don't expect, and there's something about this Frankfurt side. And I just think um, I know it's a bit. I know it's very bold, but with the second leg of their semi-finals, they've been drawn against Benfica. Um, I think with home advantage being uh, in the second leg, I think that could work very well be telling and uh, be very, very interesting. We're now going to move on to arsenal Wren. I was at the match and there was plenty of flares and plenty of smoke and what appeared to be the whole of Brittany in North London, particularly around the concourse of the Emirates, making a lot of noise. But Arsenal managed to uh, eke out a, um, a 3-0 win with a goal from a Bamiang within five minutes. And kind of set the, set the tone. But Wren were very much every single foul, every single niggly breaking play. They were asking for cards, gesticulating to the ref, expecting fouls to be given. And I noticed that their danger man, Benjamin uh, Borisio, he was isolated and kind of stifled Wren in attack. But I thought Unai Emery did really well tactically. And... Um, I thought we managed it well, and we are now into the quarterfinals where we face Ancelotti of uh, Ancelotti's Napoli. And yeah. um, I hope to get time off for the home leg. I'm, I will, should find out tomorrow with a bit of luck. And um, yeah, with the second leg being in Naples as well, I, um, I think it's going to be very interesting. I believe Arsenal have to score at least two goals at home. And I believe they've got to actively go and look for the second uh, or for an away goal in Naples because I see 
a lot of similarities between the tie in Naples and the away tie against Atletico Madrid back in April of last year, where Arsenal kind of wilted like a flower. And, um, and um, yeah, so you see a lot of similarities and you just hope that Arsenal can do it. There's an opportunity to win our first European trophy in 25 years and for people to kind of say, oh, no, top four, top four Champions League. Personally, I can, you can put this on my record, I could not give a monkeys about the Champions League because my team hasn't won a European trophy for a quarter of a century. And if we go into the Champions League next year with how difficult the competition becomes, what are we going to do in it? Do people just want to be in it for the money? Oh, I'm fortunate enough to remember the last European triumph that Arsenal had, and it remains one of the most fondest memories I have as an Arsenal fan. It means the world to me. So I would much rather that Arsenal prioritise the Europa League, go into the Champions League as European champ- Europa League winners, and have a bit more pedigree and a bit more oomph when starting the European campaign next uh, next season. But there's still a long way to go. And, um, yeah, I thought, um, I thought a very, very intriguing tie. Um, we're now going to use one of your puns. I think the rage against the machine has <laughs> uh, gone completely out the window because he now lo- no longer has a job. And Sp- Slavia Prague will be the ones entertaining Chelsea in the um, Europa League last eight. And I think specifically in the Czech Republic, Scott, I think Slavia Prague have a chance. I don't think Chelsea will win in Prague. Uh, that's, that's another. You're you're coming up with these bold statements today, and they're a bit, a bit bold and brash. But uh, yeah, but it's good. It's it good. It's good. It's good. You got to give the public what they want. You know. I know. But of, um, all, of all the podcasts, they can tune in. They're thankfully with us tonight. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> and uh, I, I just think, having watched a lot, a lot of European football for years on end, I think Chelsea will go through. Yeah. By winning by winning the tie in London, but I just think. I just think Slavia Prague, I mean, their Dutch striker, Mick van Buren, I managed to interview him, I think it was about a year and a half ago now, and he told me about the togetherness that Slavia Prague have, and that, you know, when they play the derby against Sparta, and if they win, they get like a, a key to the city kind of thing, like a golden key oh, momentum, cool. and, um, you know, about it being very important. But, um, yeah, there's no easy games in Europe, as we all know. And um, Benfica managed to turn it around as well. Benfica also in the last eight. And um, Biedeal managed to um, dispatch of uh, Zenit St. Peter's yeah, Bellas. They, they, they battered they will, them. They will play their cousins across the way, in, or brothers if you like, in uh, Valencia. Biedeal with Santa Cazorla rolling back the years. But um, should be um, should be very interesting. Would you care to... Um, to give a uh, semi-final lineup on the uh, Europa League, Scott. You're not going to like me, so I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna, no, I, I'm... I always respect the opinions of my fellow podcaster and also, um, you know, football fans in general. So shoot, fire away. So uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, I think they'll they'll go through against Benfica. I think Napoli will do enough to beat Arsenal. Sorry, Arsenal fans, but no need I... to say sorry. <laughs> Don't need to say sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry seems to be the hardest word. Yeah, I think Chelsea, as you said, um, I I stupidly did not catch the last half hour of the the extra time madness of Slavia Prague against Seville. Um, that was a mistake on my hands, but I think Chelsea will go through just in London. And um, Villarreal Valencia. Um, I think Valencia will go through, even though they keep drawing in La Liga. Villarreal have got this. 
they're in a, a bit of a battle at the bottom of the La Liga table, so they may, may have concentration on other things. I beg to differ. I think that um, before I elaborate, before I elaborate on my prediction, would you like to elaborate on how, on why you think Napoli will beat Arsenal? I think just the way they are at the moment. I th- Serie A is, is pretty much gone for them. They're, what, 15 points behind Juventus. It could have been 21 at the weekend, but um, Juventus lost 2-0 in Genoa, which was a bit of a surprise, but you could see that they put all their eggs in one basket on Tuesday night and they struggled on Sunday after a lunchtime against a very uh, well-organised general side, but then Napoli just went and thrashed Udinese 4-2 and just thought, OK, um, the league's a little bit gone, but they can still do well in Europe. They managed to just scrape through against Salzburg. They lost uh, 3-1 on the night and went through 4-3 on aggregate, and I think the Arcadius minute goal was just as crucial as it was. But mm. I just think that the league is is gone for them. I think they just want to push for Europe. Interesting. I, because I'm a um, an old romantic, I'd like I'll say that Arsenal will go through, but it won't it won't be easy. And my semi final lineup is um, uh, Arsenal Bilal and Chelsea against Frankfurt. Yeah. I, I think people are reading far too much into Bilal's league position. I think for a club of that size to play in the European final would be a real fairy tale, a club of that size. I mean, I think BDL, I think the whole area, I think the city has, what, 60,000 people living in yeah. it, 65,000 people living yeah. in it, and they, and they can go into the to, to a European final. I, I just think, I think whoever they play in that semi-final, whether it's Napoli or Arsenal, it's not a foregone conclusion. And they, I think they would have the second leg at home as well, so it's not... Um, it's not a foregone conclusion by any means, but I will go for Arsenal, Bilal and Frankfurt against Chelsea. But, um, you know, I'm a bit of an old romantic. I'm, 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 I'm pining for that European trophy again for the first time in 25 years. Doesn't matter if it's not in the Champions League. But, um, yeah, it's a long way to go to Baku, isn't it? It is. All roads lead to Baku. I'm just looking at La Liga table. Uh, Villarreal won three out of their last five games yeah. and uh, four points ahead of Salta Vigo, who are 18th and just free falling. Um, so yeah, they're joint uh, joint 17th with Real Valladolid, who are yeah. owned by Ronaldo. So it's going to be interesting times with Real. Um, a Europa League quarter final, um, a potential Europa League semi final berth, yeah. and then La Liga survival. Yeah, but I I think you've got to take you've got to take your chances, and there's always surprises. So uh, I will go for that, and we shall. We shall keep an eye on it. Scott, would you like to tell the listeners how you got on in the lovely city of Rome? Yeah. Rome against Empoli. Yeah, I took the British weather with me. Um, last, <laughs> we've had, um, high, not high winds, but it's been quite windy where I've been and probably where most of uh, the country, it's been like a, a yellow weather warning uh, for winds and cold weather and at Al. Um, so I flew out last Sunday, got into, uh, flew in from Bristol, which is a 45 minute train journey and then mm. caught the the Bristol Flyer which 
actually goes past uh, the lovely redeveloped Ashton Gate, which looks a lot, which looks a lot better than the last time I went there in 2014 as an away fan. It's nice. It's one of the one of the nicest stadiums in the Championship. Yeah, flew Sunday lunchtime, got into Rome Sunday evening, just chill, got some food, did some walking around on the Monday, got to the game. It was um, uh, it was cold. It was a very cold Monday night game. It was hard, probably. A third, maybe a half full. Um, Stefan Alshuari scored a wonderful goal to give Roma a lead, and then Juan Jesus um, with a, a striker's finish for for, an, for the own goal, a header from a Manuel Pasqual cross, and then uh, Patrick Schick just before, probably about ten minutes before half time from mm. uh, Alessandro Florenzi. Um, free kick headed home was right in front of the Schick goal uh, it then it started to absolutely bucket it down and I had to move seats for the second half and stand uh, in the sort of gangway um, in the in the Stadio Olimpico because you can stand and you, you can sit it doesn't really matter because there's a lot of le- a lot of room between um, the parts of the stand and then I got to see some VAR yes uh, VAR had a uh, VAR had a role to play I believe yeah, ninety eighty nine ninetieth minute, Empoli had a chance. It hit uh, Orbelan, uh, the tall, lanky striker they brought on. Um, voluntary handball was given. Uh, Rene Krunic scored from and scored from like uh, from the play, but it went to VAR because uh, Juan Jesus was on a in a heap on the floor and it got the referee of the game got something in his ear. Went to the yeah. video assistants part in the ground and then gave a free kick to Roma mm. and then I found out probably about half hour 40 minutes afterwards what it was given for because all it just says in the screen is just a, a VAR no doesn't help the fans in the stadium um, mm-hmm. I thought it was given for the foul because it looked a far from where I was standing mm. and then there was six minutes of added time due to it <laughs> which was oh. a bit, bit nerve wracking but Roma managed to get the win, but it was a bit of a full storm because they did lose to Spal at the weekend. Yeah, I noticed that. I backed them to win on my uh, on my football tote, and uh, it went to pot. But uh, still, never mind. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad you had a nice time. Yeah, I'm six from nine watching Roma in the last five years, so I've seen six wins and three defeats. Yeah, well, that's good. So you'll be you'll be reaching double figures next time next season. Yeah, yeah. Next season, if if I don't, it uh, might be the last game this season. If money money helps, but no, despite might have to wait until next season. Okay, and well, who is the last game this season? It is against Parma. Ooh, very nice for the history. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's, old... it's not every day you get to see Jovino play, is it? No, I got that was my actually my first game was actually Roma Juventus in 2014, <laughs> and I got to see Jovino tear into the Juventus defence but Juventus managed to score a 94th minute winner goodness just goes to show doesn't it yeah it was the last game of the season Roma finished second Juventus finished on 102 points that season goodness and that was Conte's last season in Serie A because Allegri took over in the summer okay well I'm glad you had a good time and very interesting for the listeners as well to hear about your travels to uh to Rome, as I say, I've been I've been outside the Stadio Olimpico when I was uh, when I was in Rome on the holiday. What, years ago now, eleven years ago now, 
Uh, but obviously, they, it, the day I went was Roma Juventus, but they were on about tickets from touts and having to match with your passport, and I just didn't want to take the risk. So I uh, I watched it in a cafe with uh, Roma and Juve fans, and it was good fun. I believe it was the 2-2 draw, I think, or it might have been 0-0. Ah, That's uh, a long time ago. But Sorry, James. With those, if you go and watch a game in Italy, you need to take your passport with you to show okay. identification when going into the ground. I went through four security checks. Four? Yeah. Okay. And was you patted down all the way? Uh, one pat down, just looking at passport and tickets, just to see what was in the... I'd take it back because I took my, um, my portable charger... And says and some tablets with me, and then yeah, it was fine. I was in, I was probably in the ground forty five minutes before kickoff. That's oh, pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah very good. I, as I say, we spoke about it off air, Scott. But I think I might be joining you next season, maybe. Yeah, come and join us. It's a good atmosphere. It's, it's a yeah. good. It's a good. So crowd. I have, I'm impartial in terms of Roma. I do like them, but I've also never been in Celtic Olympico. Been outside it, of course, been in Rome before, but never inside it. So it'd be nice to kill two birds with one stone. Scott, would you like to tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me at Scott underscore Monroe. Uh, talk to me about football, cricket, uh, uh, Serie A football, Swindon, anything else. I'll be, I'm always interactive. Very interesting. And uh, my Twitter handle is at James Rowanil. And uh, we'd also like to point you in the direction of the man in the post European. And uh, Man of the Post um, podcast network, sorry, where we have the likes of Man of the Post extra time and unusual efforts, and there's something for everybody. So please feel free to check it out. And should you have any questions for future pods, or you think that I'm completely off the mark and off my rocker with my predictions, then please feel free to let me know. Uh, we'd like to thank the listeners for joining us tonight, and thank you for their um, their time. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you again soon. And finally, always remember to keep your man on the post. Uh-huh.